Red Wings get swept on the West Coast, but Nick Lidstrom is back with the organization. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty, right here, is also host at Locked On Tigers. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and Scotty, which started as a fantastic day, ended on a very, very sour note. Um, the fantastic stuff being, one, we have crossed the 100 subscriber threshold on YouTube. Ooh. Shout out to literally all of you. We were yeah, on Twitter until we accomplished it. Yes. We were tweeting from the Lockdown account for like every follow we, we got, which we saw the Sharks podcast doing that the other day when they were crossing the 500 threshold. We're like, we got we to gotta do that too. We were like 88, 89. <laughs> and finally, we got that 100th subscriber. Now we're at 106. Like we're, we keep chugging along. Like guys. What do we do? We ball. We ball. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is impressive. We Our YouTube page launched in late December. I think the 21st was our first ep- official episode. And less than a month later, we have, crossed, we have crossed 100 subscribers. And it's thanks to the listeners like you guys. And I, I personally, I, Scotty probably doesn't want to thank you guys. He's, he's very jaded at you guys for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just putting bad faith on you. What is this? Nonsense. <laughs> no, but uh, we both... Thank you guys so much for uh, subscribing and listening, being very loyal. And then, of course, the other great news was Nick Lidstrom rejoined the organization as vice president of hockey operations. Not the team, although Scott uh, Steve Eisman did say he was open to that. Which <laughs> so immediate funny. top pair defenseman still, you think? On this team? Uh, think so. Yes. What are we talking about? Yeah, we're, we're, we're throwing out Danny the Kaiser. What are we talking about? Yes. But yes, and then of course, speaking of the Kaiser and the Red Wings, Wings ended up on a sour note, losing in overtime and losing their third straight and getting swept on the entire West Coast road trip to San Jose, four to three to two in overtime, and uh, just it, it. I have so many raw negative emotions because we were recording this right as it ended, like it's literally one thirty uh, at night right now, and I'm just so jaded. Because it was such an embarrassing end of that hockey game. An embarrassing hockey game total where they just got gobbled up in shots again. I mean, the only silver lining in that entire game. And I only saw the third period because I had my own hockey game to attend to. How'd but you do, it, though? Hey, we won 4-2. Uh, Drop the stat line. Drop it. Drop the stat line. And uh, your boy had a goal and was named player of the game by his oh. teammates. Oh. oh. Our, our player. So what we do for player of the game is we pass around a Dennis Chalowski bobblehead that i got for free at work because they had 200 left because so it's from the 17 18 season and it was he was gonna have a bobblehead night that year but he got sent down to grand rapids um before his bobblehead night happened so they never got to do his bobblehead night so they had just a bunch of these bobbleheads one day i was going down the the compactor they're just sitting there they're (laughs) finally gonna throw out throw out and me and the authentic supervisor uh matt we were like well, they're just going to throw these in the compactor. Let's take a few. 
Like, we don't know what we're going to use them for. We'll find yeah, a purpose. What? But now we got Dennis Chalowski bobbleheads. Hell yeah, baby. No, yeah, the so. uh, the Tigers did that once like a decade ago with Brandon Inge, and he got traded. And oh. then two weeks later was his bobblehead night, and they just still ran it. They're like, hey. screw it. We're not, we're not wasting these. And they just still gave them out, even though they had just gotten rid of them. Yep. So for this week, I'm the proud owner of the Dennis Chalowski bobblehead because I was player of the game. Where is it? It's in my hockey bag. It's still in the box. We keep oh, it. In the I was box. gonna say. I was like, why? Why is it not on display somewhere? Probably. You know what? I should have grabbed. I'll grab it tomorrow and I'll display it for us. Yeah. Uh, be. But we keep it in the box. Just kind of increase the longevity. Eventually, the box will of wear course. out, and then let's keep of the bobblehead in there, and the bobblehead will let you break because you know we it's Dennis Chalosky. Who cares? All right. <laughs> Remember that electric first half? We're not talking about Dennis Chalosky. We're going down a rabbit hole. The Detroit Red Wings lost three to two in overtime. Scotty, you saw the first two periods. Tell me how it looked. I, although I, I mean, not like great, it. not great, Bob. I mean, it it really it was it was certainly it could have been a lot better. Honestly, this whole game was was just a load of it was just a big it was baloney sandwich, man. What a BS game, like all around. I mean, like at, like every goal was like, oh, like is it is it not like. I mean, my goodness, what a what a frustrating, like gross, grimy, just honestly disgusting game of hockey. And uh, we, we have only uh, only is probably a little dramatic, but mostly Alexander Nedeljkovic to thank for even getting a point out of it. My birthday, bro. Your birthday, bro. Damn right. Yeah. No, and this is just the wins we're gonna get are going to be thanks to Alex Nadalkovich. The one point we got tonight was thanks to Alex Nadalkovich. I mean, he faced 40 shots. The Red Wings only had 19 in this game. I And from what I saw in the third period, and I imagine the third period was an extension of what the first two periods looked like in it this was. game. It was the Red Wings would get the puck, attempt to break into the opponent's zone, lose possession crossing the blue line. They'd come back down. San Jose Sharks would establish possession, cycle the puck, get a few good shots off before the Red Wings finally got it down the ice for a change. Re- rinse and repeat. The Red Wings never were able to establish the, pu- the puck in the offensive zone whatsoever. And the the Sharks just dominated. And Al- again, Alex Ndalkovic is the sole reason why they won this hockey game. And it's just in- it was just an embarrassment of a game all the way around. The broadcast was embarrassing. I mean, they called Lucas Raymond Mason Raymond, from what I hear. Yes, I mean, they just... they called him Mason Raymond. They they they're honestly, I, it was atrocious. It, it really was atrocious all around. Like everyone involved, it was it was so not good. <laughs> and like, what we're we're now zero four on ESPN Plus. On top of that, like, let's just stop. Let's just. Well, how about we just win just a road stop. game? That would be super cool. Like, they, admittedly, that would be fun. And I can't even – so at this point, like – so my biggest concern going out to the West Coast was obviously one on the road. They're horrible on the road, but the time change difference. It's a three-hour time change. Um, going there is probably easier than coming back, I would imagine, especially after you adjust. But after that Thursday game got postponed, they had plenty – they had three straight days of off days to adjust to the time zone and get used to it. So you can't use that as an excuse. And you can't use the back-to-back games as an excuse now because they had a day off in between – before playing San Jose, they just this in all three games. Obviously, the LA Kings game was the worst of the bunch, but all three games they just looked uninspired. And obviously, missing Dylan Larkin is a huge piece. But Bertuzzi looked fine. He had a goal and an assist in this game. A nice tip in, just he a tip. Looked good. Yeah, just he looked tip. good. 
No, that, Bert, Bert looked all right. Um, I, I, from what I saw from Mort side in the third period, he looked strong. Phil Peronic looks strong. Um, the silver lining in that game. And this is, again, just from my sample size of the third. I didn't see the first three. The sure. First no, three the only thing I want to add is Mo missed uh, a solid chunk of time. He got hit in the side of the head with a puck. Oh, that's scary. And uh, it was a kind of a hold your breath moment. He went to the bench at first, kept holding his head. They had a towel on it. And then uh, when play stopped, he skated off the bench into the locker room. Uh, missed a pretty significant chunk there in the middle of the game, but then came back out. and So he was there for the start in the, in the end, uh, but missed uh, a, a decent chunk there in the middle. Um, yeah, and, and it, <laughs> like every, everything that could have gone wrong, uh, even in, in like quirky ways or in actual yeah. like real ways, pretty much did. Well, I, I definitely want to talk about those moments because I feel like I'm going to get heat for my opinions on those things because it's not the emotional take. It's just the, like looking at the, the facts take. Um, but we'll get, get to it on the other side. But the last thing I want to say before I get to this built bar read is uh, that I, of course, the episode after we talk about the power play, they again score a power play goal. Almost the same situation, though, which is weird. And this is where Phil Pronick's kind of starting to impress me. And I don't want to, I don't want to dive too deep into it and think like get ahead of myself because it was a five on three again, but it was almost the same exact situation. They couldn't get anything established. Most cider got an apple on it, passed the across uh, yeah. to Phil Pronick who skated behind him, got himself open in the high slot and fired a shot. And this is where it, it, with Phil Pronick, I'm getting kind of like, okay, he needs to be the quarterback on the power play because he seems comfortable on the power play, generating good scoring opportunities because he intentionally fired that all at Bertuzzi for the redirection. From the same position, he took a slap shot yesterday. This is where his value and his asset needs to be the strongest on the power play because that's the type of defenseman it is. In the last two games, it's shown through. Again, five on three, so I want to get ahead of myself. bright spots. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is, and we're going to talk about that after I talk about Bill Barr. There are moments in this game that looked good, but the problem is, is the moments aren't going to win you the game. It's the full, you need an entire game's worth of good, you know, of the team playing well to win. And just individual moments aren't going to cut it. Absolutely. Um, and now I'm finally going to talk about Bilt Bar after teasing it twice. Bar. Uh, it's the New Year's, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include a Bilt Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Make, they make it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike those other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Chemical spill, man. Wild, man. I don't it's know. True, who sadly. Eat one of those. It's true. You want to eat healthy, but it gets taxing and boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, they're only 130 calories with four grams of sugar, four carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret tre tr secret treat stashes. That's, you know, that's a saying right there. Secret treat stashes. <laughs> I don't want uh, to butcher that. Uh, at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, or wherever. Throw out all the sugary calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So whenever you're craving a snack or a treat, you got no excuses. You reach right for that. Built bar that's healthy and tastes incredible. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. 
Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar. Built Bar. All right, Scotty. We kind of complained. That's the word I'll use, not the word that's proper here. But we complained pretty good about the team's lack of uh, fire in these three games. But there were some really weird moments, especially in the third period, that occurred that is kind of getting controversial on Red Wings' Twitter. Um, the first being Veal's goal, whether or not that was goaltender interference when he slid into Nadalkovich, put the puck in the net, and, of course, the game winner in overtime, whether or not there was goal, goaltender interference, whether or not there was offside, whether or not the play should have been called dead. It was just a couple of really, really weird plays, and uh, Red Wings' Twitter is pretty heated over it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, this game was just full of, of crap, man. <laughs> I mean, what and like overtime, like I, I mean, just over and over, stuff just kept getting more and more ridiculous. And and yeah, the 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 one goal, you know, Cider's behind him, he's poking at the stick, falls down, just crashes in into Delkovich, and and the puck goes in and that. Then then you well, I guess you should probably give your your input on that play. Yeah, it wasn't goaltender interference. Um, the the thing, the deciding factor is that Mo Sider, in an act of defense, trying to you know make a play, ended up inadvertently holding him to the ground. And at that point, that is not Veal's fault. So it is not goaltender interference. He was you know forced down to the ice and had no control over himself, and that's why it's a good goal. So I know it's a you know people are upset and they want wanted to blame it on bad refing. They wanted to blame it on goaltender interference. So it shouldn't have counted. But in the end, guys, that is a play that's going to count. And as much as I love Moritz Sider and like he can do no wrong, and I don't think he necessarily did wrong in this situation. I think he was just trying to make a good defensive play. He was desperate. The guy got around him. I think I think, I think that's the thing. Like, like Mo didn't do anything wrong. You know He's what I mean? Play. Like, like he, he didn't like – he he really didn't do anything wrong, and it's not a pen like that. Like he didn't, he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, like he 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 tried to make a play, um, and like a majority of the time, that's probably a, a situation where where he comes out in in you know on the positive end, and and he does make a play, or that does prevent a goal. Well, um, and- it was just kind of a perfect storm of of nonsense, which and really think- this whole game was. A lot of the goaltender interference talk is just like the emotion of it. People like right For now sure. are just raw emotion because yeah, they're absolutely. upset the wings lost. I think once they settle down and they rewatch it, like, okay, yeah, that was that was a good goal because Mo did brought it down. But also, like growing up, I was always taught, and of course, you know, what I was taught means nothing because I play men's league and I'm sitting here recording a, a podcast instead of playing in the NHL. Do you not do you not have a player of the game award in your background? I, I do have a Dennis Chalowski right. bobblehead. Let's give yourself some damn league. respect. Yeah. Um, but I was always taught if the player is going to get around you and there's no one behind you to, you know, protect the goalie, bring them down to the ice. It's better to draw a penalty than to give them the scoring chance is yeah. what I was taught. So more cider may be, may have been doing the same exact thing. And yeah. And again, like, it, like didn't made a decent play on the, like didn't, didn't screw yeah. up. You know, it, like I said, it, it wasn't a penalty, like whatever, but I mean, some, sometimes, sometimes mayhem happens and that is exactly what happened tonight. And then, and then after that, we, 
we go to uh, we go to overtime, and we have one of the most ridiculous, like embarrassing. On the ice, I guess it was like thirty seconds, but it was like seven minutes of just preposterousness. I, I mean, I you you. <laughs> You have an octopus thrown on the ice, and then you lose. That in itself is already inherently embarrassing. But you have an octopus thrown on the ice. Players are like, okay, play's got to like stop here, and it just doesn't. They go down. Ned, who's having a fantastic game, has, as the puck go under the pad, I believe, turns around, slams the mid on top of the puck, Live, it looks like the stick is just whacked up against it. Now, that's not – his stick was very much under the glove, sure. Um, but it, it just the the live, the, the play itself, you have an octopus thrown, you, you got a stick slap and a glove, and then you turn around, and then they're reviewing the goal to see if the stick slap was legal, and it was because, again, his stick was under the glove. Then – they, it comes out after the game that they were reviewing whether the octopus was actually interfered with any of the play because then the goal wouldn't have counted, and they determined that it wasn't. And then on top of that, they start reviewing an offside. That was a challenge. We're, we're a, right, right. That was the Jeff challenge, and we're like, what on earth? And, like, you know, I, I we had all seen enough of Blaschel at that point tonight, but uh, like you have to do that. I mean, it's, it's that or you lose. So like, why not? Yeah. There's no um, downside to challenging that. Right. Yeah. They, they don't carry over. Um, so uh, just, a, a a, a ugly, just <laughs> ridiculous overtime period to end this game. Yeah. And then again, another situation where the Nedeljkovic, that was not goaltender interference because like you said, all, all things you explained, like he never even got his glove really over the puck to begin with. Like he, he kind of yeah. missed. Well, the, the stick around. was definitely like comfortably under yeah. before his glove did go down for but sure. Like I, I firmly believe that throwing that octopus on the ice is what led the wings to losing that game. Because like you said, neither team really was sure if the whistle, like they saw the octopus on the ice and they kind of looked unsure. They were like, what's going on. So they kind of like, like they first started like breaking out half assed. And the wings were like backing up because they were like waiting for the whistle to blow because they were absolutely like waiting for it. It was it never clear. Happened. Everybody's like looking around, like yeah. what the hell? And but then, then a, San Jose was like, "We're just gonna pass it and see what happens." Yeah, and then apparently the rule is like if the like you said, if it doesn't interfere with the play, it's not blown dead. I did not know that. I figured if there's an either. object on the ice, you call it dead. But you know, I made a comment on uh, Twitter about it. I was like, I don't want to be that guy, but shouldn't the play have been called dead? And one guy responded, he's like, while this was happening, I looked it up, and apparently the NHL rulebook, as long as the object does not interfere with play, the play can go on. And it, you know, they deemed it didn't. It was just, it was embarrassing because it's, that's the symbol of the Detroit Red Wings at an away arena being thrown on the ice. And like, if you're a San Jose Sharks fan, you're just like, mm, icing on the cake for this game. Icing on the cake. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, that, not cool. the, yeah, no, Sharks fans definitely have it, as we would too, having a, having a ball with it. The, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like this was just such an exhausting game. Like an exhausting it, road trip. It's yeah. For like what a what a way what a cherry on top for the end of this road trip. I mean, how ridiculous, man. And and whatever. We'll take our point and go home and beat 
probably beat some team we shouldn't on the home stand because it's a home game, and then we'll go on the road and lose to Arizona, and it'll be a great time. Uh, well, two more shout outs, I guess, until we and before we move on to the third segment and talk about Nick Lidstrom. Um, again, want to just reiterate Nick Alex and fantastic in this game, unbelievable. She has continued the reason be, we got a point for real. Yeah, he has continued to just be like one of the huge bright spots in this team, and I just can't it can't be stated enough how good he was. Also, Nick Letty got his first career or first red. It was a nice, goal. it was a nice shot. Be nice with it. Um, it was nice with it. It was, it was a nice funny, little shot, man. Is ESPN like just thinks every goal is an amazing goal? Like even the video is titled like "Marvelous Goal" by Nick Letty, and it's like, yeah, I know. He broke. He just barely got across the blue line and fired through a screen on the defenseman in front of him, caught Aiden Hill off guard. But that's all it was. Like it was just a a, a shot on net from the blue line. No, nah, it was Jeff a beauty. Blaschel, goal of the year candidate. Jeff Blasher was probably seething though. Oh yeah, not not a, a goal opportunity, not a uh, a scoring a opportunity. Yeah, not a prime scoring chance. Yeah, just a shot on that. Not a prime scoring chance. Not, yeah, and the, he's pissed. I'm a I'm a majority Blash defender, but the last couple of days, especially with how flash the power play has been. Oh, we a get little... the power play looked like dog Crap. water. The 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 well, the one man advantage looked like dog water. Five on three. We 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 got a got a little something out of that, I guess. Well, it's a little um, easier when you're up two guys. But you're, right? yeah, when you're if you're in the NHL and up two men, you probably should be scoring. Um, the especially in the first period, we had a we had a five on four, and my goodness, that I mean, that the first the one in the first period might have been one of the worst power plays of the year, which is saying something. It, it yeah. was an absolute uh, atrocity. Um, it, it literally looked like we were playing on even strength. It just looked like normal hockey, and like we had a man up. It was it was not good. That's the story of the season with that power play. I mean, certainly is. Their last two power play goals have been thanks to Philip Peronic. Essentially, I mean, Patrice got the goal tonight, but again, it's thanks to Philip Peronic on five on threes when they should be dominating anyways. If they can't establish a good puck possession on five on four power plays, which is going to be the vast majority of their power plays, then they're in for some trouble. And I mean, I think some blame does go to Jeff Blash in the end because. As much as we've defended him this season, um, I, he is the common denominator. We've gone through, like, th- what, three power play coaches, and the power play is, like, not transformed at all. It's just – we don't need to go down that that line that line of thought again. Yeah. Um, but it's just – it's been a continued issue with this hockey team. Absolutely. Um, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue to march towards the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the sports betting this 2022 season, new year, and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKDOWN to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. BetOnline. All right, Scotty, enough talking about the uh, the loss to the Sharks. Let us now move on to talking about the good news of the day. Nick Lidstrom returning to the Detroit Red Wings organization as a, the vice president to hockey operations. Now, Scotty, this is exciting, but what does it mean? Uh, it means the boys are back. The boys That's are back. That's what it means. The boys are back in town. Uh, not, not literally, I guess, but... Um... No, I mean, like, it, it's a fun day. And, like, the... Well, it was. 
there yeah right there there kind of seems to be a little bit of a gray area on exactly what he's gonna do most of the answers were just like oh like you know Everything. anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whatever's asked of him or whatever he feels like doing um but i i don't care man like like liddy's back i don't know that that's fine by me no i completely for the i completely agree on that stance i think nick lidstrom's a, a brilliant hockey mind I mean, he was obviously a brilliant hockey player, the perfect, the perfect, tire. Hu- the perfect, perfect tire, uh, the perfect human seven Norris trophies. Like you can like, you can go on and on about his playing career. And I think that he has a brilliant hockey mind in the front office standpoint as well. And now we're finally going to get our chance to prove it as uh, Steve Eiserman continues to reconstruct his glory years in the front office, uh, joining Draper and Cronwall, Sean Horkoff's there, Dan Cleary's there. I mean, just a bunch of guys who played in the NHL now in the front office of the Detroit Red Wings. And, you know, there is a little bit of nerves built in there about, like, the old boys club happening. Um, But so far, it's worked out great. Draper has been a great scout. Uh, Cronwell has been a great scout, uh, player development type guy. Yuri Fisher has been a great player development and scout guy. So Eisenman's been okay. He's been just okay. Uh, So I think Nick Litstrom is going to fit perfectly into that. But, again, there's definitely a gray area about what he's going to be doing. Steve Eisman was like, he's going to be doing a little bit of everything, um, helping with stuff in Sweden, helping with stuff here. Like I'll be asking him questions, getting his input. He'll be helping out with the team and the AHL team. And I'm like, and then Helene St. James follows up with, will he be living in Sweden still? And he goes, yeah, I'll still be living in Sweden. That's where it becomes like, okay. Oh, and Steve Eisman also said he'll be making his own schedule. And then it's just like those things combine you like the quite like, I don't want to like downplay the hype of Nick Litzman returning to the organization. And I think Nick Litzman is going to find his niche and become really good at it. But it's also like, so he's essentially kind of a consultant, if anything. Like, Steve Eisenman's yeah, going to come mean, to him I, with I like guess, questions, which yeah. is fine. But like, vice president of hockey operations, like, I am a little nervous about the whole old boys club happening because we've seen it fail before. Now, I trust the Iser plan, but like, call me pessimistic. It's just, <clears throat> when, when you're like, he's going to be doing a little bit of everything, it's just like, okay, so he's not going to be really doing anything. Yeah, but I mean, maybe I don't know. Like, I don't know, I'm being I, overly negative. I know. I, I, I just like I don't, I don't see how this hurts. Like, I, like he, he, he's, he's not being put in a position where he has to be like uber responsible, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. if he was, if he was president of ops, like maybe. But like, he's a VP. He, he's basically there. Uh, you know, I mean, he talked about in uh, in the presser about how he was gonna, you know, work with some of the players that are that are playing in Sweden that um, are are part of the what Red Wings organization, and and uh, like he's down to help develop the defense, which like seems kind of like a weird thing to do over like Zoom, but like I don't care. <laughs> like it's 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 Nick Lindstrom. I don't care. Like if anyone could do it, he could do it. Like I don't know. Like I. I, I, I hear you and I, I get your point, but like at the same time, I, I I just I do I don't know how anything could happen in the future of this organization where we're gonna look back and be like, oh well, like this was the reason. Like I I don't think this has any like like it's either gonna be positive or it's gonna net nothing. Like this is I I don't see this as a scenario where like anything bad could come of this. I just don't want a Mark D'Antonio situation with Michigan State where he surrounds himself with his friends and yes, man, and just phones it in. And I, that's not going to happen. That's a worst-case situation. I don't think Eisenman's doing that. I think he's looking for people who have great hockey minds, and I think he's done that so far. So I know I'm being overly negative in that, and I think him being in Sweden will 
definitely help with the play, player development of those Swedish pro prospects. For I mean, sure. like having Nick Lidstrom be around guys like Simon Edvinson is oh, going to be unreal. Un yeah. I mean, like that's the future, one of the future pieces of the defensive core of the Red Wings. And now Nick Lidstrom is going to be a Red Wings front office member who's going to be able to be there, watch, observe, take notes, and even give advice to Simon Edvinson. It's huge. Him being in Sweden is going to help because the Red Wings have so many Swedish prospects who are coming down the pipeline. It's just with the how much is he going to be able to help here in America where I become. The question marks start getting raised. And like obviously he's a millionaire and can fly back whenever. And now he can use the Red Wings private jet if he wants to. I mean, so him coming to America and helping out is still on the table. It's just like I was, a, I was hoping to get a little bit clearer of an answer what exactly was going to be doing. I guess I'm not really satisfied with being told, oh, he'll be doing a little bit of everything because that's just like, okay, but sure. – Define me a role. I guess I just want that defined, but I think they were still trying to figure out what that yeah. role will be. I, that's what I was going to say. I, think I they agree will with that. Figure it out. I, I think I, I think it's really just like not determined fully yet. And, yeah. I, and like you said, I think he will find his niche and his place, and and he'll be fine. But um, I mean, there were a few questions where where I mean, Liddy just straight up, he was like, "Yeah, no, like uh, we haven't really discussed that yet." Yeah. <laughs> like. Like, I mean, so uh, yeah, I, I, he's like, I don't know. Yeah, right. So like, I, 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 uh, I hear where you're coming from, but, but again, I, I, I have a hard it's time. Right. I have a hard time believing that this is gonna like, I don't know, hinder anything. Yeah. And I mean, overall, I am really excited. I just have those question marks. And of course, Steve Eisman left the door open for him to come back as a player as well. Yes, very, very uh, classic, classic Steve move on that one. That was, out of uh, retirement, pairing with said, said team instead of organization, and uh, and uh, and and Iserman did not let him forget it. No hesitation either. Just immediately. Yeah, he was we like, can we can make team that team thing happen too, brother. <laughs> we can, we can make that happen, baby. And then, so Friedman asked a question too, where it was like asking Lidstrom about his future like with other teams. And it's like, yeah. why, that was a really weird question to ask. Like, why would you immediately ask that when he's, first of all, he's joining the organization he spent his entire career with. So was he trying to imply like eventually Lidstrom would become a general manager himself? Correct. That was, that was 100%. And he, he was like, Hey, like he talked about Steve and he was like, yeah, he initially came on to do like, you know, kind of like that level of work and like kind of get a feel for how a front office worked and then eventually left and became a GM and then eventually came back and obviously took over. And, um, so he, yeah, he, he, he basically, I, I think it was more of not like, do you have a plan, like a six year plan and when are you going to leave? I think Where it was do you more see of, yourself in 10 years. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think it was that. I think it was just like, are you getting back into hockey with the intention of like, Hey, I want to learn so that I can become a general manager. Or are you just doing this because like, you know, the, you know, the, this kind of level of responsibility is like what you want forever. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I took it. Was it was just a weird question to ask. And I get where he was coming from. He wanted to find out if Lister had like greater aspirations, but like you're the Steve, the general manager, his boss is literally sitting right there. And right. Like, yeah. He's not even day one of him on the job yet. And you're right. He has not started moving on. Yeah. And it's just like Iserman, you could tell was like a little because he feel ended up fielding the question. He was a little bit annoyed by it. He was like, Yeah, Iserman gets annoyed at questions sometimes. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? Also, and I, I don't want to get too off topic, but like they asked about like the rebuild. And I one thing I really love and respect about Iserman is like his transparency with the rebound. He's like, listen, there is no set timeline. 
when it's finished, it'll be finished. Like right. we can't, you can't set a timeline for a rebuild because you can't predict how fast it's going to take prospects to develop. And I'm like, I love that transparency. And he said it day one when he came on as general manager, like we're going into a full rebuild. And he just, he doesn't, he doesn't lie about it. Like he doesn't give you false expectations, false hope. And he's just like, listen, this is what's going to happen. It's going to take time. It might not be perfect. It might be hiccups, but you got to be patient because it's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, he's, he, uh, he does this thing where like, He's straightforward, but he doesn't let you know anything. Yeah. He doesn't like show he, his hand, but he, he shows runs you a, He runs a tight ship over there, man. Let me tell you, like, one of the tightest run ships in all of sports. Like, nothing nothing gets by or gets through. No info ever gets leaked about anything. It, that is, that thing is sealed. He's tight when it comes to, like, player news, but I think when it comes, like, to the big picture stuff, he's just like, listen, this is the direction we're heading. Oh, for sure. For sure. He He tells, he says... He says a lot to you without telling you anything. Yeah. Uh, we missed anything from this press conference we want to touch on? Uh, no, not really. Oh, shout out to the to the listener who translated the Swedish question. Yes, that was that was that was really sweet. That was awesome. Yeah, the, the YouTube. I forget your Twitter happening. I, I I forget their uh, their Twitter, but um, we retweeted them and and stuff. So if if you are wondering what the hell. The last question was it's uh you, you can check our twitter yeah it's a, it's on the replies it's been retweeted um any final thoughts from you um brian fisher player of the game and we ball we ball uh, i want to thank you guys for making lockdown red wings your first listen every day now make lockdown bets your your second listen your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs lockdown bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling it's free and available on all platforms. On all platforms. We'll be back with you guys with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every, Every day. day. <laughs>